every day. Keep your mind and body in shape. Let's get fit. Have some fun. Count to 100 by ones. Get ready. You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience. I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hey everybody, Uh, thanks for tuning into the show, and this one's a little bit special for me, it's episode number 100, and I never thought I was going to make it this far, so thanks to everyone who's been listening to the show for the last, I don't know, two years, something like that, Um, you know, if you said anything nice about the show, if you've given any constructive criticism to the show to to make it better, I I really just want to say thank you, Um, especially thank you to the... I don't know, close to 100 people that have actually taken time out of their busy schedules to to talk to me and, and do an interview. I really appreciate it. And this week's interview is going to be with Brian Moeller. And Brian was uh, guest number one uh, back when I was thinking like, oh, hey, you know, I'd maybe like to do a podcast about piercing. Um, Brian's a close friend of mine, has been for years, and I thought, you know, who better to kind of start the show off with, with, uh, you know, someone I could trust and and someone who, you know, if I was screwing up, he would actually tell me. And um, I I thought it was really important to bring Brian back for episode number 100. So uh, thanks, Brian, for for, uh, talking to me. And we talk about a really good subject. And it's really just kind of social media, sort of. I mean, I guess in broad strokes, the conversation is about social media and and why it's awful. Uh, You know, we talk about that kind of pitfall of like seeking out validation and you get just addicted to Instagram likes and and all this stuff and you kind of start to lose sight of reality. You know, um, some body piercers really take it to an extreme where, you know, they're just a completely different person online than they are in in the real world. So we, you know, we talk about that for around an hour or so, you know, we kind of go off onto other things too, but you know, it's, it's a good talk, especially if you're a, a younger piercer earlier in your career. Um, don't fall for it, basically. You know, uh, my life, my personal life is uh, much worse uh, for social media, even though my career, my professional life is is booming because of it. So it's this kind of weird back and forth battle. Um, you know, do I, do I want to live my life on Facebook and Instagram and, you know, in turn get out there and get to travel and teach at conferences and do seminars and have all these clients and, you know, carry this awesome jewelry and make a great living. Sure. But, um, you know, maybe not a great life. Um, so, you know, we, we talk about different stuff like that. Uh, a couple things that I just want to talk about sort of in relation to that. And it's pretty topical. Uh, just the other day, uh, a body piercer, a skilled body piercer, uh, posted, you know, maybe not a great picture online. Um, they, they did like a hand web piercing on themselves and they got torn apart and they got really mocked and, and made fun of and, and kind of became a, a meme over it. And, you know, just, just cool off everybody. Like I didn't see the picture. I honestly don't give a shit about, you know, what body piercers do on themselves. Um, if, if I got lit up over every stupid thing I've done on myself, I would have like sunk away into a dark corner and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be in this career right now. Um, I have pretty thick skin, but you know, uh, still, you know, so what, uh, somebody pierced themselves and maybe it was a not great piercing and, you know, something that you would turn a client down for, but it was on themselves. So who cares? Uh, you know, cut them a little bit of slack, maybe even, you know, I can't believe I'm saying this because this person 
totally rude to me online on more than one occasion, but, you know, uh, maybe go easy on them a little bit, you know? So, you know, just to kind of touch base on my normal plugs and everything like that, I'm kind of wrapping up my private seminars for, you know, first quarter 2019 sort of thing. You know, I, I just got back from Scotland and that was great. I'm, I'm getting ready to leave for my uh, LA class in like another week. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. And then I'm, you know, kind of tapering off and going into to conference season. But after that, uh, I've got a couple of ones brewing on the far horizon. So just to kind of give people a heads up, if you're in the Dallas, Texas area, or if you feel like traveling to the Dallas, Texas area, I'm going to be out there doing a seminar. I haven't decided the exact day yet, but it's either going to be Sunday, July 7th or Monday, July 8th. Um, if you are in that area, you know, reach out to me and let me know what would be the better day for you for, for work. You know, I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know which shops are closed on which days, you know, around here in my area in New England, it's really common for Sunday to, to be a closed day. So, you know, doing a class on a Sunday here might be great. Whereas other places, Sunday might be the hotness, you know, weekends might be a really busy, busy time. So maybe Monday would be a better class. So if you're in the Dallas area and uh, you have a, a preference for one, you should go ahead and shoot me an email, ryanpba at gmail.com. But, you know, kind of mark it on your calendar, uh, kind of plan for it. I'm going to definitely post all about it all over Facebook, that Body Art Education by Ryan Willett Facebook page uh, on there. You'll see it on Instagram and ad nauseum. Hey, remember? Social media. Uh, I love it. I hate it, but I use it all the time. Uh, and then I think, uh, I think after Dallas, I might kind of just go straight to Amsterdam. My birthday is about uh, a week later. My birthday is on July 16th. And I was thinking about maybe just going and spending a couple of days in Amsterdam. I don't know why I picked Amsterdam. You know, I've been chatting with a couple of piercers over in Holland about maybe doing a class over there. And it just kind of seems to line up. I don't really want to be home on my birthday. It's my 40th birthday. Yeah, yeah I'm that old. And uh, I just don't want to have to deal with the, the whole family thing of like, hey, 40, the big 4 you know, all that stuff. You know, I just want to kind of disappear and uh, go on a trip. So it lines up pretty well. If I leave on a Sunday, come back on a Thursday, I'll have a couple of good days there. And why not do a seminar, um, you know, and, and kind of catch up with some some uh, Netherlands piercers friends or anybody in around Europe if you want to come to Amsterdam. Um, so that's probably going to end up being on Monday, July 15th. So, you know, again, mark that in the back of your, your mind. Um, if you are capable of getting to Amsterdam or if you happen to, to live in that area, I'm probably going to be doing a seminar around there. Um, don't really have much plans past that, but you know, I, I do have kind of ideas about where I want to go and what I want to do. I think I want to try to do about two seminars a month and, and space them out, you know, uh, really like vastly different areas, you know? Uh, so if you want to be, uh, you know, one of those host cities, uh, host shops, something like that, let me know. I've been talking to people about doing Florida and doing Denver and doing Minneapolis and doing Seattle and all these different places. So, you know, let's let's uh, let's go for it. One last thing I, I just wanted to kind of hit on. And this is just kind of a cutesy thing for for Brian. Uh, so we've been buds for for quite a while, you know, 10 years or something like that. And uh, uh, when I first met Brian, um, I don't remember if it was online or if it was in person, honestly. It could have been the Boston Tattoo Convention. I, I honestly don't remember. Uh, but I was, at the time, I was playing a lot of Call of Duty. And I was playing mostly with the tattooers in my shop uh, when they still talked to me and they still wanted to be my friend. And we were playing a lot of Call of Duty. And uh, Brian said, oh, you know, I, I play Call of Duty too. So we shared screen names and we started playing together. And he was really good. And 
just like wrecked all of us and was one of like the top scorers on our team and all that. And then I think the the next time I saw him, we were joking around and I was just like, oh yeah, yeah, Brian, you're, you're making us look bad. And what I meant was, you know, the people you're playing video games with, you are superior and you are making us look bad at video games. But uh, being adorable and being Brian, in the back of his mind, he thought that I meant uh, body piercers and that he was making body piercers look bad. And he got all self-conscious about it. And I thought that was like super adorable because like he's Brian, he's awesome. Um, But I just I always thought that was really cute. Um, Brian is really skilled and he's not cocky, which is awesome. You know, I I think a a lot of body piercers let it go to their head uh, when they have a a certain skill level. Brian's always been really down to earth and has always had a really warm sense of humor. And, uh, you know, he's got a great staff of of people built up around him and he should be really proud of uh, what he's done with his career. You know, I remember when he moved up here from New Jersey, you know, not to knock him, but, you know, nothing special. You know, he was just a body piercer from the, the Jersey Shore and trying to make his way and trying to trying to work up the ladder, you know, and he definitely did it. He, did, he put a ton of work into his shop, uh, Boston Tattoo Company, um, you know, brought it up to APP standards, became an APP member, carrying all this amazing jewelry, uh, started to bring in all these other piercers, you know, Joe and Stray, and I think now their new piercer is Accio, um, and, and, you know, really made a, a significant name for himself in, in the industry and, and locally, you know, uh, and, you know, you should be really proud of that, Brian. Uh, you know, I've watched your career over many, many years and uh, really impressive. So definitely wanted to get you on this episode and thanks for talking to me. So for now, let's get into this episode about how much we hate the goddamn internet with Brian Moeller. Okay, so you're in my house rather than doing this over Skype. So I'll probably screw it up less, hopefully. Uh, but you were you were my first podcast guest when I didn't really know what a podcast was and what the podcast would end up being. Um, and I wanted to bring you back for episode 100. So mm-hmm. first, say who you are in your shops and your social media and any other info you'd want people to have. Right on. Uh, my name is Brian Muller. I work at the Boston Tattoo Company. I'm the head piercer as well as the manager of the three locations. I'd say the Instagram I have would be at BTC Piercers. That's the one we have for the shop that promotes that. And uh, congrats on your 100th episode, by the way. Thank you. I, I honestly never thought that I would do this many. And like I, I, I've made the decision uh, plenty of times to like not do it anymore because I just don't want to do the work part of it anymore. But then, like, some, like, polite person will always say, hey, I really like your show, or, you know, I learned this bit of information from it, so I kind of feel, like, not obligated, but I feel like if I don't do it, uh, I'll regret not doing it. So I'm basically going to do it until I'm absolutely sick to death of it, and then just completely... With the exception of the whole other people complimented it, you said the same thing on the first episode. Did I? Yeah. You're like, oh, I'll just do it for a little bit until I get sick of it, and we'll we'll see where it goes. I mean, (laughs) sometimes I have really great conversations with people, um, and sometimes it's like I just get stressed out because it's like a Sunday, and I'm supposed to put up a new episode on Monday, and it's like, well, shit, who am I going to find an interview and then edit it? And, like, it's work, you know? So if, if I were some, like, rich person that could just record a thing and then hand it off to somebody else to edit it no problem i do five episodes a week but uh having to like actually sit here and edit it and all that stuff it's it's not super fun how do you find the time uh you don't yeah well (laughs) my hair's going gray and um i uh am not doing a bunch of the other work that i should be doing so Mm. there's that like if you want to like half-ass several things it's really easy to do a weekly podcast episode well i mean it's 
We're both on our day offs talking about work still. So, yeah. You know, well, there's that too. Do you ever do you ever even have a day off? I don't think there's ever a day where I'm not like emailing or I have on a day, social media or whatever. Yeah, no, I have a day where I'm not in the shop. Yeah. But there's something. There's always something. And I don't own the shop, but managing the three and having the uh, the piercing aspect of it, you know, me being in charge of that. Everyone's telling me something about something that needs mm. to be addressed or done or planned for. So. But they can't do it. No. They tell you no. to do it. Yeah, no, it just stacks on and stacks on and you just chip away at it or yeah. delegate the things you don't want to do. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I do have this like very much back and forth thing where it's like, okay, I'm going to delegate more. I'm going to hand off more responsibility to my counter staff, to my piercer, to my tattooers. And then... You know, it's it's not that things get done incorrectly. It's just that I'm such a control freak that if it doesn't get done exactly how I want, it's like, oh, I'll just do it myself. You're kidding. You? Believe it, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I feel, I feel the same, yeah. same thing. It's If it's not done your way, it's not that it's a bad thing, but it just makes your eye twitch slightly. And you're like, yeah. I just... A little. A little. And then the next time I need that thing done, it's like, well, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather do it myself than... Or redo it versus seeing it done either incorrectly or not the best way. Yeah, yeah. Um, so as we record this, this is going to be episode 100, but this is just after I published episode 97, and I'm getting ready to leave for Scotland tomorrow with Jeff, and I'm going to attempt to go as long as possible without talking about work or like APP board stuff, hopefully, because I'm sure Jeff could use a few days off too. We should start a pool. I'm going to go with 12 hours before you crack. Ugh. It'll probably be the first, like, ten minutes. I'll be like, all right, let's just get it out of the way and vent about this thing. I was going to say, it's 12 hours because the first seven are sleeping, and then... Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm flying overnight, and I'm getting in at nine in the morning with, like, a giant suitcase, and I can't check into my Airbnb for, like, several hours, and I have no idea what I'm going to do in Glasgow mm. with a giant suitcase for a few hours, but I'll figure it out. Um, so, when I was asking you what you wanted to do on the show, you wanted to bring up social media which is kind of like this oh. Pandora's box in our industry. So what, what, are, what are some of your thoughts on it? Like, where are you going? Because I remember years ago, you were writing an article about social media and like maybe the ugly side of it and how it kind of creates sort of addiction and neediness and all that stuff. So like, what are your, what are your thoughts on it now? Um, just honestly, kind of a continuation of that, you know, and it's, there's, social media as a whole is, it's a fantasy. It's a. It's at best a parody of human connection, and because I, f I feel a lot of a uh, piercers are workaholics. A lot of us work a lot, mm -hmm. and half the time we don't see our colleagues till conference, and half the time we don't even meet people till conference. You know, yeah. we we meet them online, quote unquote. Right. And uh, but we that line gets great where you hear like there's plenty of times at conference where people are like, oh, this is my friend. It's like, oh, how'd you meet? Oh, we haven't. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of bananas to me. I mean, if anything, that best, that's a pen pal. You know, if I say, oh, I have all these friends. They're in prison. I write to them all the time. Yeah. That sounds crazy. Mm -hmm. But if you remove the prison aspect and it's like, oh, there's people around the world. All of a sudden, it's not nearly as crazy, even though it's the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I, you know, I think... I think people use the internet for a lot of different things, and I think one of them is to basically live out their, like, Sims fantasy life, you know? And I, I think on one side, it is a little bit, you know, kind of a fantasy where you, where you think, like, okay, th these people that I, you know, I like their picture every day, and I watch their story every day, and maybe they'll, like, make a little heart emoji when I post a meme or something like that, but 
I wouldn't say that that's friendship, but like I, I refer to people the same way. It's like, oh yeah, you know, I have a friend in this country or this state or this or whatever because I'm following them on social media. But at the same time, the me on social media is not me. I mean, you've known me for longer than most piercers. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I am not the same person online because like, okay, number one, it's not safe to be yourself online because people are going to use your personal information against you, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it, whether it's like out of spite or jealousy or whatever. If you, if you let too much of your personal life slip online, sooner or later, somebody is going to use that against you. Uh, they're either going to like stalk you or they're going to like spread rumors about you or they're going to do this or they're going to do that or play some sort of like gotcha kind of game. And, uh, I think a lot of piercers create a persona and part of it is to protect your, your personal information. Like how many people do you know on Facebook where, you know, it's, it's their first name and middle name because they don't want to have their last name online because Mm -hmm. some crazy person will track down where they live, you know? Um, so my social media is all like, okay, I really like piercing. Um, I'll admit that I like wrestling, but that's it. Like, I don't want people to know, you know, where I live, what I like to do with my spare time, where I like to go, mm-hmm. any of that stuff. And I, I think after a while it turns me into this like fake internet person. And like, I'm super addicted to the internet now because I'm trying to maintain my like social media persona because I use it for work marketing, you know, and, but there's really not a lot of like real Ryan left, you know, and if you have those interactions where it's like, oh yeah, my friend on Instagram, my friend on Facebook, I'm not, I'm not that person. So it's like if people say like, oh yeah, my friend Ryan on Instagram, it's like, that's not me. And like, I don't know yeah. who you are. So it's, I, it, it, my, my life is a little bit less pleasant every day that I'm connected to the internet. Yeah. But I feel that that's the line that gets blurred. Sure. And yeah, I agree 100%. Like your, your profile or your handle on whatever it is you have, whether no matter what the platform is, it's a character. Mm-hmm. It, it's something that is catered and people see this as a real individual. If you see an actor on a stage, you know that that person is portraying someone in a specific scenario. And as an audience member, you would go along with it. Yeah. Um, but you know, if someone's playing an actor on a stage, playing a lawyer on stage, when the show's over, you don't ask them what their next case is going to be, uh-huh. and you know, it's no different with social media. And I feel a lot of it too. Before it was even a thing, when when I first started piercing, I mean, it still is today. Everyone's afraid of being called a hack. You know, yeah. the worst case scenario. Like a lot of people go to conference looking forward to meeting like these stellar, really talented piercers. And just afraid of just being chewed up alive, mm. you know, with with a bad self-image and bad anxiety. And that kind of is furthered with social media. Totally. You know, you see on, like, anyone's Instagram or Facebook, it's their best moments. Mm-hmm. And as civilization throughout history, we've always had to, you know, we've compared ourselves in order for our civilization, for our society to advance. You know, imagine, you know, if we were in a village with no internet no none of that you know if you were a hunter i'd see what was your best hunt and then i would try to outdo you or mm. see what your best crop was and i try to outgrow that and now if, uh, if all i saw were all your best days and none of your bad days uh, yeah of course my anxiety would be through the roof it'd be sure. insane and that is it, it does this weird mental game for a lot of people and you know it, fur- it further hurts uh, self-image it's no different than when you see like uh, cosmopolitan um, 
where you see someone with like unlikely genetics with like the best makeup artist in the world, the best lighting, and they're person. still airbrushed. Yeah, and yeah. it's and then once the photos are taken, it's the best digital yeah. um, painter. I don't know the correct term. And we have to pretend that this is a real human being in society, and that's like a real standard. When the truth is, it absolutely is not, and yeah. we and people forget that. I feel very easily. Well, um, you know, so I've been piercing for a while. You've been piercing for a while. You know, I I remember years ago, you know, maybe 10 or 15 years ago, people would have a concept of like, okay, I'm a piercer with two or three years experience, whatever. I'm not exactly where I want to be, but I know where I want to be and I know how to get there. And everybody was just cool with that. You know, like back Mm -hmm. in like the BME days, or even when I first started going to conference, people weren't just like, oh yeah, that person's a hack. You know, maybe they would, but if it was for like, for cause, like if someone was really, really yeah. blatantly bad, just not paying attention to people's safety, just doing the public. stuff. Sure. Yeah. But now it's like, you know, if you do a triple forward helix and one of them is like a, a millimeter off and you get torn apart by it, like there are so many pictures of piercings that I take where uh, I go, you know, I, I look at the piercing and the client's got a giant smile on their face. I'm snapping a picture. And then when I go to post on Instagram, I look at it and I'm like, oh, you know what? This tiny little thing is off. You know, I, I took it at a bad angle or there's some shadow on it or I didn't clean off some gentian or, or you know, maybe stuff isn't lined up absolutely perfectly. And I'll be like, well, I'm not going to post that online because <laughs> even me as an experienced piercer, people will look at that and they'll still be like, oh, yeah, you know, Ryan's slipping, you know. And it's like it for those younger piercers, it does set a completely unrealistic goal for them. You know, it's like you can't just be perfect because you want to try real hard like it takes experience and it takes repetition to to dial it in well that's the modern piercer i feel is more focused on trying to impress piercers absolutely and less on the client and i've seen this a thousand times you know and we've all had someone that come into our shop multiple visits without anything done you're like oh i want to get my nose pierced just thinking about it months later they come back in want to get my nose pierced just thinking about it and you know there was an incident once i witnessed where they finally got the guts to do it. And you know, for, for them, that was the crazy thing for them. So fair, you know, everyone's level of crazy is different. You know, what they assume is extreme versus mm. for us, it's every day. Sure. And they had it done. Everything was rad. They were super happy with themselves. They were so proud. And someone else in the shop looks at it and just kind of squints at it. And like, well, I would have kicked this this way and probably used like a 930 seconds post instead. But yeah, no, it's good. And walk away and just crushed everything that this person was like looking to, to um, help me. What's the word? There's just this thing that they overcame that yeah. they built up for so long. Just immediately just got right. crumbled up and thrown away. Their enthusiasm and satisfaction got dashed. Yeah, absolutely yeah. crushed. And and our industry, I'm sorry, but you know, its base is is the sole foundry has been trial and error. Mm-hmm. And just because we figured out most of the errors, you know, it doesn't mean that now we have to. I don't know. I feel like we're we're too criticizing. We forget that that person that we're peer, you know, as I said before, John Joyce said it best. Where mm. um, that you know, the ear you're piercing with the drape and all that is attached to a person with right. emotions and feelings, and and that's the focus, mm-hmm. not you know the geometry and then and the technique. I mean, granted, sure. that's part of what we serve. Yeah. but but I mean, I've even seen piercers go so far beyond that where. You know, it's like a formula for them and they're just applying the formula to X person instead of like looking at the person and talking to the person. And, you know, sometimes 
what you might consider as like the perfect placement, the perfect jewelry, the perfect this and that, it's not gonna be perfect for every single client. You know, sometimes bigger, smaller, up or down, whatever is fine. And my, my biggest thing for a long time was when I would mark something, I'd have the client check it out in the mirror and then the client would be like, you know, I kind of want it more, blah, blah, blah. And I would just be like, yeah, but it's perfect where it is. And, and I was like very adamant on like, you know, I like my mark and it's gonna stay where it is. And now like, you know, I'll, I'll say let's keep the mark there if like they wanna move it to a place that's not viable or is dangerous. But if it's just like an aesthetic thing and like they want their nostril piercing a little more in the crease or whatever, it's like, I'm not gonna fight or argue with them because it's like, I want them to love it when they leave. You know, I don't care if another piercer is like, oh, that's amazing. It's certainly nice when people do that. And the problem with that though is if you get compliments, uh, they become very addicting. And then after a while, you're just trying to chase down more compliments instead of like, you know, focusing on customer service or results or something like that, you know? I think people focus way too much on Instagram likes than like if their client actually loves it. Well, that's it's the same monster, honestly. You know, yeah. Whether you're hunting for the compliment or whether you're hunting for the most likes or the most views, you yeah. know, it's it's that's we've heard it plenty of times where it's that same dopamine chain in your brain where you know if you hear your text message thing go off, yeah. all of a sudden you're in a way better mood for no reason, right? Just because it triggers those events in your brain and because that makes you feel better about mm -hmm. you know yourself or yeah. what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, I, I'm like disgustingly addicted to checking my phone constantly and be like, okay. How many how many likes or comments or new followers have I gotten today? How many people watched my story? And on, on one side of it, you know, I try to justify it and say, well, it's because I use this account for work. I'm posting piercings, I'm posting things, I'm trying to get people to come to my classes or come into my shop or whatever. So it's important how many people respond to these posts. And I, I, I get that. But it's deeper and shittier and sadder than that. I try to like, myself the same. It's completely <laughs> connected to my self worth at this point. Like it's validation. It's not. Mm -hmm. It's not all marketing, you know. And it's it's bad because if I try to put my phone down, I have this like anxiety where it's like, what am I missing out on? And it's I'm not missing out on anything. Like I've known people who their whole day is based around their Instagram posting schedule. They have. Oh yeah. Alerts and notifications and alarms on their phone and you could be right in the middle of a movie, right in the middle of dinner and it's like, "Oh, hold on, I need to get up and I need to make this Instagram post with my 15 hashtags and I need to link this and do that and check this thing." And it's like, "Wow. I get it, but like just it's dude, look, don't forget about the real life, too." Well, that's like conference, you know. Yeah. I mean, in the midst, I'm usually, I mean, we're both running around, you know, like lunatics. Um, but in the the spare time I have, like if I'm waiting for a class to get out, I'll just look at my phone, just scroll through, and mm -hmm. I see all of these posts from everybody. And then you go to the splash bar, and half of them are just down on their phone. Yeah, just doing that. And I try to convince myself the same thing. Like, oh, I use it for work. At this point, I'm just slowly like we we started a a, a piercing only uh, our shop tattoos and pierces. We started a piercing only account just so we can have all the work together, mm. promote it one spot and do that stuff. I still have a Facebook only because my 80 year old grandmother's friends with me. She uses Facebook and you know, with her, it's like I call her every day. So I mean, it's kind of a lazy thing. I should really call her, but you know, that other than that, yeah, I try to separate away from that as much as I can because I found myself doing that over and over again or looking for, uh, yeah, just posting, random crap that none of it really mattered or, yeah. you know it and sometimes just scrambling for content sometimes you know that that if you're trying to feed that monster in your brain you know that's 
trying to get all the likes and stuff, you, you'll put up stuff that may not be worthy of posting, mm. you know, just trying to scramble just for any kind of, uh, attention. Yeah. You know, I, I tried to have like a, a very disciplined posting schedule for a while, you know, and post like that's, that's one of my least favorite words actually is content because just the concept behind it is just like, it's just get something online. You it's sound not, like a product. Yeah, basically, yeah. you know, like content, content, content. And, you know, I, I'm i not anti-content, but I just don't like the concept behind it. I get that in this day and age, uh, a lot of us make our money off the internet. And, like, I certainly, I get almost all my new clients from it. You know, we don't do any advertising, so it's all social media marketing, basically, for, for new clientele. But I just feel shitty sometimes when I'm posting a picture and and I have that same exact mentality of like, well, I need to post something. I've got a picture of like an earlobe or a nostril or an eyebrow and they're perfectly executed. They look great. And I, if I if I post that, I'll get like, you know, a, a tenth of the likes is if I if I post some like flashy thing that like piercers are responding to, you know? So it's like if there are, if there are people out there in the world, they might see a piercing and be like, oh, that's a cute nostril piercing. Click, I'll like that. But then, like, piercers don't like it because it's not cool or intense or this, like, $1,000 piece of jewelry. And it's like, but look at it. Like, it's lined up really well with the person's face. It's really good jewelry. It's nice and clean. It's not red. And nobody cares, you know? So, but, you know, I have that addiction, that, like, itch where it's like, people didn't like my post. So then the next time it's I flop back to the other way where it's like, okay, and now I'm going to post this set of three gold things with diamonds and whatever and then all the piercers respond and like it and all that stuff and it's cool and all um but through being cool well no i mean (laughs) i i'm still addicted to it you know i don't want to try to make it seem like i'm too cool for instagram because i'm still on there all day every day you know Mm -hmm. like we just went out to lunch and i checked my phone like five times while we were eating lunch oh yeah i saw a nice little uh video of i think a some like a turtle dressed as Bowser. Yeah, it, it's important work. All right, <laughs> it's important work. But um, I don't know. I I think that social media is definitely part of my depression because I feel the more likes I get and the more followers I have, the more subconscious pressure I feel to be um, a persona or a product or you know brand ambassador that kind of bullshit. Like mm-hmm. I feel more pressure to be that. And uh, there's a little bit less Ryan every day, you know? And I've definitely noticed, like, over the last year or two, like, my friend circle has, like, restricted and restricted and restricted because, like, my life is so much more about the internet than real life, you know? Like, if I want, if I, like, I, how often do we hang out when it's not an APP thing? Like, uh, hardly Jesus, ever. Jesus, yeah. And it's like, you know, you live a half an hour away, uh, but it's like, but I'll like your Instagram posts or like, you know, I'll notice when you're posting stuff online and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, it, it's it's weird. Uh, I, I think uh, I would really like to see, I don't know. I don't even know what the silver bullet is. I would like to see things change. And I think one of the, the, the best things could just be like, okay, sure, use your phone for work. But like, do something for yourself in the real world. Well, I think so. Social media does have its advantages, especially from a marketing standpoint, but it didn't necessarily rewrite the marketing standard. Old marketing, generally, you'd have your sales pitch, and then you'd have, um, depending like your headline, based on like how you'd write your, your copyright, you know, try to get people in. And that all is based around your market, knowing who's looking at your stuff. And ideally, 
Instagram, for example, has turned us more into business influencers. If you post a great photo of a piercing on there, what doesn't happen is that the client doesn't press a button and they buy a piercing and it's getting mailed to them. Right. You know, it, they have to go to a place of purchase, ideally, hopefully your shop, and go to get that. So ideally, yes, you yourself, you're promoting yourself as an influencer of sorts, but you're you're using yourself. Like, you're your own tool in that situation. And you, um, I'm trying to think, of, like, I don't know sports, but like, say Tom Brady, for example, say he's endorsed by Nike. Am I going to the Tom Brady store? Absolutely not. I'm going to what that, you know, what whatever he supports or represents. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of where a lot of people get lost in that. It goes into, like, I'm, as you said yourself, I said it myself for a while. Like, oh, I use this for business. Was I? Maybe. Did mm -hmm. I get some business from it? Probably. Mm -hmm. Was it solely that? Absolutely not. You would see cat videos in between, you know, my actual posts or goofy Viking dinners that we go to, you know, yeah. stuff, stuff like that. And... I think that that facade of I'm using it for work gets blurred and it's no longer you're not using that for work. You're using mm -hmm. it for your own personal gain, whether, right. you know, however you're dressing it up. Yeah. Influencers. We're, we're influencers. We are influencers. Now. We're brand influencers. Uh, a big part of why I do all these seminars now is paying attention to social media and seeing that like three quarters of my followers are other piercers. So I started thinking like, you know, okay, if three quarters of the people that are seeing my social media are body piercers and not body piercing clients, like what, what information am I going to be putting online? And it's like, well, I'll promote my podcast because it's body piercers listening to it. I'll promote my seminars because it's body piercers attending those. Mm -hmm. And I try to have more content for body piercers now because, uh, like, you know, I'm, I'm, pretty well established as a body piercer and I only work two days a week at this point, you know? So I feel like if, if I'm going to promote something, I'll promote the shop and then people will go in there if they want to go in there. And most of the time, if they're going to get pierced at my shop, they're going to get pierced by Evan and, and not me. So now my social media is about like, well, you know, what, what will benefit Ryan, what little Ryan there is left, what will benefit <laughs> Ryan? And it's like, okay, get people to come to my classes so I can travel, get people to listen to my podcast so they can stroke my ego. Um, and that's pretty much, that's pretty much what my social media presence is now. Like I'm, I'm very aware that most of the people that follow me are other body piercers. So I want to try to work towards marketing to them now, but I don't want to completely lose sight of, uh, clientele to, and I don't, I don't know what is beneficial for newer piercers now. You know, if they get torn apart, if going in a forum, uh, if they get torn apart posting pictures that maybe aren't perfect or perfect by someone else's standards. Like, I wonder what kind of content could help other piercers these days. Maybe a podcast about how social media is terrible and you shouldn't rip apart other piercers that are trying to get better. Oh, you mean this podcast? <laughs> I've done several episodes Just, just a that. suggestion. Yeah, that's, I yeah. mean, this, this, I'm sorry, but the, the, the online forums, I'm not mentioning any specific ones. I'm sure we all know. You could totally mention them specifically. All right. Body modification learning forum. <laughs> I absolutely loathe it. I am sorry. Yeah. And it is... Oh, man, if someone like misspells a word, everyone jumps down someone's throat, yeah. and they're drawn and quartered publicly. It, it's it's ridiculous. You know, the client's happy. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know, I mean, that at yeah. the end of the day, that's who we're servicing. I'm not. You know, if someone has a slightly deviated septum and they still want their septum pierced, I'm going to do my best job doing it. It may be a little wacky because of anatomy, mm. but you know what? They want it. That's the cards they were dealt. You know, I can't tell them, like, it's not straight. Go get a nose job. So mm -hmm. when I pierce this, it's going to look awesome for all my piercer friends to do right. this. Right. And, yeah, and, and like I said, it's it's that's 
that's we're the service industry. I don't service piercers. Mm-hmm. I, I pierce to make the client happy, mm-hmm. and that's that's who I am. That's what that's why I got into this. I like jewelry. I like weird stuff like piercing. Yeah. You know and human anatomy stuff, that's who I am. You know, I'm not out to impress anyone. I'm through being cool, I guess, for lack of a better term. I'd say so. I mean, <laughs> look at that beard. Yeah. No, uh, too, like, much, too much beard in this room. They, there's a lot of beard. Unfortunately, they can't see that. There's a lot of beard in this room. Um, yeah. The thing that drives me the most bananas about social media are the piercers where, and I, I 100% know that you'll someone will immediately come to your mind. The piercers that like... So I should say them loudly publicly. Sure. <laughs> Shame them. Uh, is like There are definitely those piercers where you know that if you have a conversation with them one-on-one in person, they're going to be a lovely individual. And you're going to have maybe a great conversation with them. An industry-related conversation or just... Yeah, or, okay. or whatever. But those are the same people that are being like insufferable pricks on those forums. Oh, yeah. You know, like most of the people that are the, the, the worst, nastiest people in those forums are great people in person. And like I've had all kinds of confrontations with different piercers who, you know, they they have like their internet muscles, you know, and then I talk to them in person and they're like, oh, yeah, well, this and that, and I'm, I'm so nice. And it's like, why can't you just be that person online? Yeah, no, there, there are some people that were very, very vocal online. Yeah. And you meet them in person, you're like, Hi. You're like really quiet and soft spoken yeah. and kind of shy, and it's just like this is this, this are you being catfished? Is there something? Well, it goes else back to that same persona thing, you know, because like I for whatever my faults are with my anxiety or my social awkwardness or my robotness or whatever, online I can be whoever I want to be. I can I can type and edit and make whatever interaction I want. You're a wizard, uh, Ryan. Yeah. But in in person, it's different, you know, and I I think that some of the people that are the biggest bullies in the forums are really like meek and soft spoken in real life because they were bullied, you know, and now they're kind of like they're getting their first taste of power and, you know, fame or whatever bullshit Internet Mm -hmm. thing that you want to you want to call it. They, They get their first taste of it and then they start to like they get addicted to it in the same way that I'm getting addicted to like the likes and the followers and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And then they get kind of like revved up by uh, the people that comment and they're like, yeah, and then this and that and hang up your needles. And it, yeah. it turns into this <laughs> snowball effect where it's, it's a, it's a bunch of like pitchforks and torches kind of, it's a bunch <laughs> of like fragile people being propped up by other fragile people to be mean to other fragile people. You know, it's, yeah. it's really frustrating. It's it pretty. Yeah. And don't forget that too. There's also, like I said, we forget it's a character that someone's displaying for us. And mm. there's been times we found out certain individuals were not the best people that they could be. And everyone's kind of shocked how, how everything unraveled. And some people are just completely out of the industry at this point. Yeah. Because they burned that online bridge. And, I mean, sorry, in this day and age, we're right around the corner from 2020. We were expecting flying cars. What you do, like, if you whatever you etch in stone, whether it's digital stone or real stone... It's going to catch up to you. It's it, it truly is something that, you, you know, even though you're in the safety of your own house or your whatever your, you know, your phone. Yeah. Um, what you do online speaks loads about your character, you know, and it's going to bite you in the ass if you're going to be an asshole about it. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, some of that ugly stuff, uh, it might be good that people can, can dig it up. But, you know, it, it's also like you have to walk on eggshells online. Um, I... I understand the concept of privilege and sensitivity better now after being on the board because, like, you really have to being on the board. Um, but, you know, now I just don't want to be 
involved in the community as much because it's like I have to worry about everything I say or do. I know there are going to be plenty of people that are like, good, but like that sword can be turned on anyone. Oh, yeah. You know, you make one mistake, you make one joke and people are going to think that that's your, that's who you are, that's, you. that's your life, yeah. that's your, your the core of your being or whatever and... I, you know, I, I get it. Some people do need to get axed and there are genuinely toxic people out there, but the people who aren't toxic, who they just made a mistake and that they're like, people act like there is no such thing as like a way back from a mistake, that there are no second chances, that there's no this, there's no that. I think that is toxic in its own way. You know, there are certain things that are not forgivable and you know, whatever, you know, like I, I will, I will, I will support the decision if somebody like genuinely toxic or abusive needs to be like removed then sure but I mean, like shitty people are shitty people if people make a mistake forgive the mistake you know whether it's something that was done in a social circle or whether it was even just something piercing related you know somebody like you know used pure cleanse instead of iodine someone used non-sterile gloves instead of sterile somebody used uh you know, gauze as a drape instead of CSR wrap as a drape. Like people act like it's blood feuds when people have oh, a difference yeah. of opinion, you know, like I, uh, like betraying kingdoms and it's this whole, like, yeah, right. drawing a line in the sand. You're either for it or against it. Totally. Um, so I, I did a class at, at camp this year and it was like multiple little, <coughs> excuse me. That's fine. I can edit it. Uh, it was multiple little segments and the final segment and I knew, I knew I shouldn't have done it, but it was just like, okay, let's debate this. Uh, sterile gloves should not be an APP minimum standard. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> and fight. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and so many people that I had been hanging out with all week and they were like, yeah, you know, I, I agree with this thing that you said and this thing that you said. And then I said that and it wasn't even that a debate was possible. Like people's hair caught on fire. Yeah. And I was like, I pierce with sterile gloves, but I still don't think they should be a mandatory minimum for APP membership. Yeah. Um, and, like, nobody was even willing to have a conversation about that. Like, people were just like, how can you say that? How can you be on the board and say that? And it's like, not even every piercer on the board pierces with sterile gloves. So what are you talking about? Like, You know what? EMTs don't even use sterile gloves. They're going to show up to... Sure. If someone gets shot and their intestines are falling out of their stomach or whatever, they're not going to be like, wait a minute, let me put these on. Sure. No. I'm not going to argue against... I would not argue against sterile gloves. I'm not going to say sterile gloves are bad in any way. I'll just say that I don't see them as a minimum standard that's that's all i said you know and yeah. people freaked out yeah i believe it. it and that's basically what it's come to because i remember and i know i bring up bme all the time because bme wasn't perfect but bme was a really good bma was bme was throwing science at the wall and just seeing what sticks well kind of but i mean like <laughs> there were a lot of advancements made because of that mentality because you could take people with any complete crazy lunatic opinion and people would still debate it and have a conversation. They'd talk mm -hmm. about their results. They'd talk about their reasoning for choosing that. And it would be this this conversation. And it, then, it was more scientific method, I feel. It was. Yeah. I mean, not super scientific, but there was more <laughs> of a method to it. And now it's just dogma. That's all it is. It's indoctrination. Like, you know, you have a piercer with, you know, low or moderate experience. And then they find a piercer with more experience usually online or in a class or something and they like they hold them up like they're some like god well, not, not god maybe that's too strong of a, a thing but they they fall into their school of thought 
and then they never deviate from it. So you can tell that some piercers like uh, they just they 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 liked what Jeff said in a class, or they liked what Brian said in a class, or they liked what Shorty said in a in a class, or something like that. And then that's the only way they think, and they yeah. never deviate from it. Well, they, they cherry pick it, but that was us going back before. Like even if you hear Jim talk about the Gauntlet days, we are based off a trial and error industry. You know, hearing him talk about um, the dry bevel needle. Mm. You know, it's like, well, I went back to my jeweler's bench and tried something else, or I was making a different jewelry design. We've always been trial and error. And I've mm. always said, too, you know, you can be a great piercer, but you're only as good as your last piercing. Mm. 100%. You know, we're, we're all capable of faults. And, you know, the, honestly, like, when we first started hanging out, go Christ, years ago, um, at, at the conventions and whatnot, um, I was incredibly intimidated. And I was afraid to talk about, like, anything I carried, you know, back then. You know, our standards were not nearly what they were now. And... Yeah, you were one of the first people that just kind of broke that ice real quick. And I was like, well, we kind of use... And you just cut me off. You're like, whatever you did, I probably did worse. Don't worry about it. What do you use? You know, or same thing, like, when first time you meet Luis Garcia at conference. You're like, oh, man, I really love your work, this and that. And he's the first dude to laugh. He's like, I just pierced sticks. Nice to meet you. Yeah. You know, like, totally nonchalant. And that, that, that for me, was, like, the bigger bigger thing you know before um, I got into APP and stuff and, and furthered the career that I have now uh, I felt a lot in the dark I, you know I didn't have the guy who taught me who doesn't pierce anymore anyway um, you know just kind of felt lost and looking for as you said before like a mentor but looking for someone with more experience mm. and or willing to at least if someone with more experience willing to talk to you that's a whole other thing yeah and yeah just having that guidance and granted like as you said, double-edged sword. We we have the tools now to talk to more people and have discussions. But the, those those formats for discussions. I mean, any new forum that starts off, you have this platform. People start talking. There's a thread that goes out of hand, and all of a sudden it's like, well, let's add this rule, and then it gets out of hand in a different way. Mm. It's like, well, let's add this rule underneath this rule, and it reminds me of like my old aftercare sheets. Like whenever someone didn't listen and screwed up, I'd add yeah. another. Make sure you don't do this. Caution, coffee is hot. Yeah. yeah. And then it turned into like a two-page bitch fest. Right. And no one read it anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, I, one of my biggest things that I despise on online forums right now, and I don't know how this trend got started. I'm pretty sure the trend got started where it was like, oh, you know, somebody would ask a question like, oh, well, what brand of jewelry is that? Or what kind of needle did you use? Or whatever. But now I see people posting in a forum, they post something for a critique, and they they put this ridiculous like multi-paragraph thing where they're just like, it was prepped with this and marked with this <laughs> and I wear these gloves and I use this this package for my tools and the barometric I, pressure was this much all that those day things and, yeah. yeah and then like people in the comments thing they'll be they'll look at the piercing and it's like let's say that the piercing is like maybe not perpendicular or it's just you know it's not a great placement or maybe something that's obvious and then people write in the goddamn comments would be like well what kind of you know, you what kind of aftercare did you suggest? And it's like it's a it's a it's a brand new piercing. It's like the, the yeah. aftercare thing is kind of irrelevant right now. And then some people will be like, "Well, I think the piercing looks okay, but you really shouldn't be prepping the skin with this. You should be yeah. prepping the skin with that." And it's like that's not going to help them do a better piercing. Like, <laughs> I, I want people to understand all the different schools of thought and then choose the right one for them. You know, so I would say it's like driving, you know, everyone, yeah. like every car is similar, but mm -hmm. a little different, but at the end of the day, it's getting to the destination. Right. You know? Yeah. But yeah, it, even still, it, yeah, I, I, I stay the hell away from those things anymore. It's just yeah. aggravating. The I, it's annoying. But you know, when, when you talk to a piercer, 
and you say like, okay, walk me through your process. And if they're like, well, I, I prep with iodine, like I'm not going to tell them iodine is wrong because iodine does exactly what you need iodine to do yeah. if you're using it the right way. Same thing as Technicare, same thing as Pure Cleanse. In my opinion, there are people that are going to vary from that opinion, but like there's science that says it does exactly what it does. And if, if somebody has a different interpretation of what they think minimum standards are, then they might look at that same product with the same testing that says it does what it does and be like, yeah, but I don't want it to do the thing it says it does in the way that in the way that I'm using it because like I do this different thing. So, but I want people to understand X, Y, and Z and choose the right one for them. Same thing with gloves, same thing with jewelry, same thing with needles, same thing with their techniques, all that stuff. And when people get so indoctrinated by thinking this one way is the only right way. So that means that all other piercers doing it a different way are disqualified because they, they don't, they don't follow the same dogma as I do. Mm-hmm. That's really, that's really a negative in the industry right now. It's a shame uh, branding doesn't have the same thing. You know, there's, there's like I'm just saying like it's like burning skin yeah. or like having your No, 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 no. Like 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 I'm just like piercers get so caught up in how that process is done. Yeah. But like other avenues of body modification, like there's multiple ways to do it, but there's not nearly fights to that extreme as you mm. see like online with piercing and Yeah. Yeah, you know, like just different avenues. It's because piercers get wound up as to this thing where it, they they feel like they have secret access to this thing that other people don't have so they feel elite. So like those people that travel around with like a glass orb and they're like sure I'll just I'll burn your face with the sun like, <laughs> exactly <laughs> like people people will do that like on a pile of dirt and they'll make every sort of like uh, explanation or excuse as to why it doesn't matter <laughs> the because sun is like, sterile the sun is sterile and the heat is burning off the bacteria on my face and whatever. It's like, yeah, but it's still a burn. You're still next to a pool in Las Vegas. Right. And it's like, like okay, but you, can, but you can justify that. But you absolutely cannot justify even the concept of me prepping skin with pure cleanse. And yeah. it's like, and like they... It's it, bananas. Yeah. And if you say that, they'll look at you and they just disqualify you immediately because like they might have read something that Jeff posted or someone else's opinion on iodine. Or an MSDS sheet that says something. this versus that. Yeah. Right, but they'll but they'll make all these exceptions when there's like a traveling body art carny coming through town and they'll be like, okay, but I'm going to get my tongue split by someone who doesn't properly sterilize their equipment or doesn't know what they're doing or is using illegal things or whatever, but mm-hmm. it doesn't matter because like I'm I'm cool and I'm getting exclusive access. It's like, okay... You're not going to tear that person apart, but you're going to tear me apart just because we never had the conversation as to why I chose A and you chose B. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's annoying. Yeah, no, it's it's we're on the same team. <laughs> uh, I would really like people to, if okay, so if I say this, it's in it's in the, the the perfect microcosm of my mind. Like I, if people post something, I would like people to say, well, why do you do that? And let's discuss why I might have a difference of opinion. But it always devolves. Within like one or two comments in a, in a forum, it's going to devolve to, fuck you, you're wrong. I know I'm right. And you just, like, people people don't want to know why someone else does it. They want to change their mind. That's all they want to do. They want to say, like, I want to pull out that, that card and I want to one-up you and be like, oh, you do this? Well, foomp. I only do this brand of <laughs> sterile gloves and you don't do that brand of sterile gloves so you are inferior to me. Like, that's the whole mentality yeah. now. It reminds me of uh, from It's Always Sunny, Charity McDennis. They start really civilized with the classical music and the wine. Right. And all of a sudden, just throw dance. on the ground. Yeah, the word dance. It's like, it's like any thread like when someone's looking for critique and it always derails quickly. Basically. Uh, you know, I think it would be fun to maybe make like a fake 
Facebook profile as like, you know, piercer nobody knows and just post some stuff online that I know is like solid work and just see how people tear it apart and then just be like, okay, it's me by the way. Hi, <laughs> uh, why are you tearing me apart over like how I marked the skin? Um, so like, I get it. Uh, I, I realize that, you know, in the position I am, being on the board of directors, I have to I have to toe a certain line, and that certain line is APP standards. And I completely, I mean, I'm an APP member. I operate under APP standards. I meet or exceed all of them. Um, and a lot of these other piercers who like freak out, especially ones that are APP members and ones that are you know on the board of directors or have been on the board of directors, when they say like, well, you it, you have to, you have to, you have to, and be like then why why isn't that the minimum standard for membership and then mm-hmm. they then they backtrack and it's like well 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 in my opinion in my well <laughs> it's like yes like i'm not going to argue and say that what you're doing is wrong but you have to concede that it's not a minimum standard that you are going above and beyond minimum standards and you have to realize that there are plenty of piercers and shops and countries areas around the world where minimum standard is is already as difficult as it can get for them. Oh yeah. You know, so if you're trying to tell somebody who's making $50 a week or they have to import every single thing that you can just buy wherever you want, uh, if you try telling those people like, you know, oh, you don't use sterile gloves. Oh, you don't use iodine. Oh, you don't blah, blah, blah. And, but it's like, they're trying their hardest. Like you, you look like a prick. You don't look like a mentor. You don't look like someone who's trying to help them get better. You look like a pretentious asshole. Look at European piercers like five years ago, you know, or maybe even, I don't know the exact timeline, but years ago before, um, you know, this, the standard of jewelry, there's, they've done a lot in the last couple of years, but for a long time, that stuff wasn't available and mm. it was very difficult to have high quality companies in America ship that stuff because of customs and, sure. and all this other, and basically the lifetime guarantee kind of sucks if you have to mail it across the ocean because the costs are right. terrible. And uh, yeah, I just remember overhearing piercers at conference sometimes just being like, well, they're just not trying hard enough. It's mm. like, no, they are fucking trying their hardest. Right. They really are. It's right. it's 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 geographically you are only you're as limited to where you're at. I mean, you know, thankfully we're in you know, in this country, if you live in an area where you're not doing too hot, you can totally move to a state or city and build yourself. I mean, that's what I did for myself personally. Mm. Um, you know, I know a lot of other piercers that have totally moved across the country and then across again to different places and to find that market that would suit them. Um but yeah, not everyone has that privilege and not everyone can do that. Well, so, you know, I go over to Germany every year to teach at BMXNet and um, some of those piercers over there hate American. No, okay. Hate's I don't blame maybe, them. Hate, maybe, <laughs> hate is maybe a strong word, but they very much dislike. They don't like U.S. piercers because we are stuck up assholes and we have the mentality of that, just like you said. Oh, you're not trying hard enough. And it's not that they're not trying hard enough. They are. They're very skilled professionals over there. It's just like it's an access thing. It's a it's a financial thing, all that stuff. And when those piercers hear U.S. piercers talking in forums, you know, even if it's not talking about specifically European piercers, but when they say things like, you know, oh, you're not doing this ultra elite thing that took me 10 years to achieve and you're not doing that in your in your first year. Um they they start to look at it as like well i'm i'm going to disqualify these american piercers because they don't they don't actually want to help other piercers get better they yeah. just want to show off and make themselves look awesome by making other people look worse 
Mm-hmm. They're not interested in increasing public health or skill across the board or something like that. So there are lots of piercers in certain markets where they're like anti, maybe not anti-APP, but they're anti-APP mentality, where a lot of them have said like, fuck it, external threat is fine. I, if, if, if that's what I have to deal with to, to use internal threat, I don't even want to deal with it because these people are so insufferable. Mm-hmm. that I don't want to deal with them. And like, you know, that's probably how a bunch of younger piercers feel in those forums too. Like, I'm too scared to get involved in this conversation because I feel like the cool kids are going to tear me up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, there's been plenty of times where, um, like, there's been plenty of individuals. I remember, I think the Body Modification Forum started 2011, 2010-ish or something like that. Some, I think it was like 2000, it was early then. And... One year, I think everyone kind of realized after talking on there, it's like, hey, let's meet in person. And there was a very like, oh, you're taller than I thought, or you're shorter than I thought, or so on and so forth, or you're quieter than I thought. Mm. And there, yeah, it was just this odd revelation of, um, I totally lost my train of thought with that. Sorry. Good job. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, God damn it. What were you just talking about first 10 seconds ago? Uh, Goats, I think. I think we're talking about goats, goats. and goat cheese. Yeah, it's uh, best from the scrot, from what I understand. <laughs> the goat scrot? Yeah, straight from the scrot. <laughs> um, it was along the lines of, um, oh yeah, I remember now. <clears throat> um, you know, I remember at conference, um, there was the idea of a lot of elitism. Hmm. And I remember a few people I was talking about, when before I went for the first time, I was like, oh, is conference going to be full? Like... Well, they fit me in there. Like I had no idea what the hell to expect, and uh, even like the first time I went there, it was incredibly intimidating mm. meeting a lot of these people that I saw from a distance and kind of like admired to a point. You know, like oh, that's that person I saw on that modified DVD or whatever. And um, yeah, for for myself, uh, aside from working as a volunteer and getting to know a lot of the people, um, that made a big difference. Um, you know, as far as knowing like oh yeah, hey, they they like cats and video games just like I do, um, but. It took a lot to get to that point for me. Yeah. It took a lot of, it was like investing, you know, the money to go to conference, check it out, go to classes, and then getting involved with uh, the organization. And getting involved in the organization painted a way bigger picture for me. And I realized like, oh yeah, no, we really are trying to reach out to everybody. Um, but yeah, there's the blanket of just like, oh, I'm a member. Mm. You're not a member? Hmm. You know, then that, as much as you try to, strip that down and I feel like the, the recent board has done a great job with that um, you know for every two bricks get taken down three bricks get put back up mm-hmm. and that's just from like I said the, these the online platforms that allow this stage for this yeah. jackassery to occur so what, what I see happening is um, when I when I got into this industry uh, I wasn't really connected with people outside of my my hometown, you know, so um, I could feel accomplishment, I could feel pride in getting better, you know, like going from being a kid, like doing underground piercing as a teenager to like working in a shop and owning my own shop. Like I took great pride in those, those strides and that improvement and, and my accomplishments. And when I got to the APP conference when I was like getting really involved in BME, you know, I saw people that were more well known as body piercers, but I never saw them as like celebrities or gods or something like that. You know, when I started coming to conference, I would just, you know, if I knew somebody that could pierce better than I could pierce or could do something that I couldn't do, I would just walk up to them and be like, hey, how do you do that thing you do so I, so I can do it? 
And I don't know when it started to switch over to being like hyper intimidation factor, you know, because there has never been, a, I, I've never seen anybody walk up to someone at conference to try to start a conversation and somebody be like, nope, you know, like you can't talk to me or whatever. Like everybody is just really friendly. I, I honestly think the Facebook forums really is the catalyst for that. Probably because they're terrified that they're going to just get like punched in the face. Yeah. I mean, I was fortunate enough during my, my apprenticeship was around 2005, like around BME's like slow. It was like kind of its prime slash going mm. downward from that point. And I was totally unaware of it. Like my references for any kind of history or any knowledge was books. Um, I didn't even think twice to go look on the internet. Mm. Um, you know, back then I, all I had was books and books and books, all sorts of stuff. And later on yeah I, I feel like that uh that holier than thou thing like you see it like i see oftentimes in threads um you know whenever there's a, a topic there's always the same handful of people that always comment on everything right every freaking time and then half the time i'm just like i don't know when they have time to pierce because they're just on honestly every question every answer multiple fights going on at the same time and it's it's ridiculous how much energy is exerted right. for these things, and I absolutely believe like that was the catalyst for that stuff. What another that, that thing? Kind of give the pedestal. Yeah. Um, so if you think of it like market share, all right. If if piercers aren't really just trying to connect to clients, if they're trying to show off to other piercers, uh, you know, if there's a, a limited portion of that pie places to fit in, top of the ladder, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think now what people are trying to do is they're trying to say like, okay, I want to be the next Elaine Angel, the next Luis, the next Jim Ward, the next, I want to be this next famous piercer. And to do that, I have to like create a persona and like you can take a shortcut by just rather than making yourself look better than other people or not, maybe that's not the right term, but like rather than working on your own accomplishments and skills and and credits and all all these different things uh their other quick shortcut way to the top is just trash everybody and make them look worse than i am mm -hmm. instead of trying to make myself improved or whatever yeah and it turns into this really ugly thing don't where, go over the bar lower it yeah basically <laughs> you know where where it's just like oh i heard that person does this well i i wouldn't do that Meh. you know and it it's annoying. It's really annoying because, like, I run into all these different piercers where it's like, man, just just be yourself. Like, you're mm -hmm. already a likable person and you're already a skilled piercer. Like, mm -hmm. just just be yourself and let that person be known. Mm -hmm. You know, and like, people it, are gonna like that person. And uh, did you ever watch the Venture Brothers? Yeah. So there's uh, when they first meet. Um, for those who hasn't seen it. Um, there's two boys and their neighbor happens to be a necromancer and they don't understand you know what magic is and they're like oh. it's like oh you're a powerful magician like Merlin and immediately rolls his eyes he's like Merlin wasn't a powerful magician just a more popular magician there's a difference and 100% reminds me of that like sure. every time sure uh, you know I I feel pretty skilled uh, where I yeah, I know. I know. You're also not... very humble. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably the most humble person I know. No. Sure. No, but like I feel like, you know, I've been piercing a long time. I feel very confident in my abilities and it's through hard work, you know, but I'm never going to I'm never going to talk to another piercer and talk down to them because like it's just it's time. Like I wasn't born as a piercer with 20 years experience, you know? So like when I was <laughs> two years in or five years in or whatever, like it was a struggle to try to get better. 
And, like, if other piercers are at a different point in that struggle, like, I want to help them along the way because people helped me along my way. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm never going to, like, limit information. I'm never going to say, like, well, I don't want to answer that question for you because I don't think you're worthy or because you haven't put in the, the whatever yet. You know, it's like... Oh, you're struggling with this thing? Here, let me tell you the 10 different ways that I've done this thing and eight of them didn't work and two of them sort of did and see what yeah. works for you and let me know how it worked out. You know, send me a message later and, and whatever. And uh, But that's the thing. We've all been there. We've all struggled. We've all, sure. we've all been vulnerable. That's the one, the greatest piercer and the worst piercer have in common is that we've all been vulnerable at one point. Yeah, but they so don't admit. Know what it's like. They don't, but yeah. it's, there's a difference between admitting it and there's another difference between sending the elevator back down yeah. to help those people that have that because we were we were all those people at one point yeah whether you want to admit it or not i'm sorry it happened you weren't built sure. by psycam you know to be like you were brian needles when i met you <laughs> oh jesus don't even you dick. <laughs> you're a dick uh, so okay but i'll, I'll I, share i wasn't even that wasn't even my name i just went by my real name you called me that you you, you earned that. that name because of all the corsets and such yeah no it got me attention I, I, I used to do I, that shit all the time i used to submit corset pictures to Tattoo Savage magazine. I know. You, you told me that was Back like your, when I was Captain Goff. You really wanted to be... You were Captain Goff. Okay. Well, I just I just wanted to... I desperately wanted to be validated because I was a... I was a goth... I was a goth, sad, emo, whatever, introvert thing, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> it was all desperately wanting to fit in and desperately wanting attention. And then when I started realizing like, yeah, but what I'm doing is not like... It's not good. Like, yeah. why don't I get better... And then if people like it, they like it. That's great. But like, I wanna, I wanna get better every day. And like, even now at this point, like, I, I'm not gonna sit back on my laurels and be like, I've got it all worked out. Like, I'm gonna keep my ears open. And if people say, well, I'm doing this thing and I'm getting really good results, I'm gonna research it. I'm gonna look into it. Oh yeah. Maybe I'll try it. And if it works out good, that's just the way I do it now. You know. Well, yeah. If you show me a better method and it, and it proves itself, absolutely. Right. But that's, you know, with anything in this industry, the proof's in the pudding. You know. Yeah. I'm not gonna go on a whim or because so-and-so uses it you know same yeah. thing with uh certain people use certain products uh thinking it's magic it's like nope there's there's a technical aspect to it sure you know we're at the end of the day you know piercers are technicians it's either you did it the right way or the wrong way and you use the best parts possible or you you half-assed it and use you know not so great parts yeah uh i find it really frustrating when you ask the question why and people can't answer you know and it's like <laughs> you don't you don't need to give me like the Wikipedia of it. You don't, you don't need to give me like backwards and forwards, know all of it, but it's like, just, just have like a, a basic understanding of the theory behind why you chose the thing you chose, you know? And if you can't answer that about any, any portion of your process, I'm not saying you have to stop doing that part of the process, but do some research and, and realize why. And you might decide, okay, Hey, um, maybe I won't do non-sterile gloves anymore because I think sterile gloves is the right choice for me and for my shop. And it's like, great. But, you know, like, don't don't just do it because somebody else is doing it. Don't just, yeah. like, pile on top of someone else's argument. Like, figure it out for yourself. Well, I, I feel asking why is actually way more powerful than a lot of people think. Yeah. I do. Why? <laughs> uh, why? Well, let me tell you. Um no, even when uh, I have clients coming in and our aftercare sheet, you know, it's very generic, same as everyone else. Don't do this. Don't add this to it. Don't touch it. The end. Just do this. And we tell them, we give them the thing, and they'll come back weeks later. It's like, all right, so I started using hydrogen peroxide. Why? And they're like, 
oh, um, I don't know. I'm like, did you read the form? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, did you read the part that says don't use hydrogen peroxide? Or oh, like, don't, don't oh, do it that me. way with a client. Because I, I, I've done that too, where I, 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 I turn to. it around I've con- I've really passive aggressive. And I'm like, you see this giant list of things to not use on the back? You forgot to read that. But, but, they, I, but when you ask them why, though, it's the same thing. They, sure. Oftentimes they just like, oh, the internet told me. I mm-hmm. just feel like I'm scolding. I feel like I'm scolding a, a pet that peed on the floor when I when I do my troubleshooting conversations that way. I mean, I, I start I started that way, and I mean, I, I'm listen. I'm not gonna lie. I'm guilty of it. I totally have done that. Um, because you're a man. Yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one of the because you know if you're told the information and you're given the information. And then, I mean, there's no excuse, for, yeah. in my my opinion. You know, there, there's So really... what I like to do is, rather than shaming them for their aftercare, <laughs> I like to just basically give them the reason why that product is on the no-fly list on my aftercare packet. So, like, my favorite, my favorite line that I've been giving people lately is, um, if you wouldn't put it in your eye, don't put it on your piercing. I, I say if and it's not your And then people are instantly like, that makes so much sense. And I'm like, I know. Right. <laughs> My favorite's when people ask if they can use contact lens solution. I'm like, don't put eye drops in your ear. Don't put ear drops in your eye. I'm like, yeah, don't cross those streams. Yeah. Um, or my favorite is when someone asks if Bactine's okay, and I'm like, Bactine's website on the frequently asked questions. First thing it says, do not use our product for piercings. That's not what it's for. Yeah. Straight out, blatant. Like they're not even trying to tap into that market. Yeah. And yeah. Just open, open information. It's there. You just have to find it. Yeah, maybe you could look it up online in a Facebook forum. Or just go to backteam.com. Or that. (laughs) Um, So anything else you want to gripe about? Like old men Um, shaking our fists at kids listening to their disco? I'm old and I fear change. Um, I'm old and it's not that I fear change. I don't fear change. (laughs) I I worry that um, there's going to be a point in my career where I can't keep up with the change. That's that's probably my, my biggest fear. And like I, I, I do everything I can to keep my my techniques fresh and, and up to date and I keep my ears open a lot when I travel, but I, I I feel like it always happens to every piercer. You know, eventually they get to a point where you're you're not as relevant because you're not staying up to date on the generation that's that's like coming up behind you. Um, and that's that's my fear. Personally, I I I see myself piercing five next five years totally next ten years, maybe. Um, honestly, I'd rather delegate more. You know, mm. I'm 35 right now, and then uh, yeah, honestly, I'm a I'm a white male, and being Ooh. I know. Um, no, but I mean, granted, you know, I being a, a piercer of that age. I mean, majority of our clientele are teenagers mm. to like um to people in, their, in who are like in their mid-30s uh, mostly female and you know what I, i'd rather at this point i'm building the blocks and putting the machine together that is the business that is that is the marketing and going going back to the whole facade of this all or the, the whole uh, the whole story of all of this is that um sending the elevator back down paving mm. the way you know i would rather instead of having like piercers that are friends of mine that have also know the struggle or that are trying to get themselves better. I had a good, I've been piercing for about 14 years and honestly the first four, I really don't count. That was back when I was living in New Jersey. And when I came back here, it was kind of like starting all over again. It was a big fish in a little pond um, scenario. And it took me a good couple of years. uh, A lot of harassing from you, uh, a lot of other things that kind of brought me to where I'm at now. Mm. 
Um, but it was a lot of time and it was a lot of time of learning and self-discovery and it's not like it was secret information it, it was information that was always there and I feel like another thing with millennials and, or people of our age today is that um, you know when it comes to like starting most businesses don't last five years because people want to figure it out themselves mm -hmm. but no just find find someone who's been there pick their brain you know like if you have someone if you're trying to start your own shop and you have someone who owns a great shop and you're expecting have them go out to lunch. Yeah, they can afford lunch. That's not the point. The point is starting that relationship, that rapport. Just pick their brain. Mm -hmm. um, same thing as a piercer. And I'd rather help the next piercers and stand back and let that happen and not have them go through that 10-year, 5-year struggle that I had. Yeah. And I think that's a way easier machine. You know, At, at the end of the day, I'm not out to be the next anything and honestly this is it's it, my career is who i am it's who it made me but it it's not like the whole thing of life is way bigger than all of this you know that's very deep should write in a fortune cookie but <laughs> they don't make them that big <laughs> uh i the so to kind of like cap it off um i think the best advice i can give people if they're frustrated with the internet is like you can still use the internet. You're like I'm not. I'm not going to stop in the microwave. using the internet. <laughs> of course, I'm not going to stop using it. But like, make personal friendships with people. You know, like if you see somebody in a forum, you know, if there are 20 people that are dicks posting like shitty comments, but you see one person in there that's like saying some stuff you agree with, um, message them or email them or call them at their shop and talk to them and be like, hey. You know, I, I look up to you as a piercer. I respect your work. You know, could I ask you a couple of questions? Would you mind? Hey, I'm close enough. Can I come shadow you? All that stuff. Like, take it off of the internet and make it a little bit more real world. Even if you have to communicate with them through your phone, still make it more of a one-on-one -on -one interaction. You know, I think when things are just like a persona talking to a persona, like, nobody's going to get anything out of that. You know, you have to make it person talking to person. And, you know, that's how you make really good friendships. I mean, that's, that's a true you, connection. you and I met, like, yeah. you know, and and a lot of the other piercers that I call my friends in the industry, uh, that never would have happened if we were just, like, both commenting on a thread. You know, like, you have to, you have to make it about the real world and make it about, like, personal connections sometimes. Yeah, no, it's definitely, that's the way to do it unfriend click damn it uh do you want to say your your social media information again um, yeah it's addict at btc piercers because uh, i completely removed that and that is that's where you can see the work of me and the other three guys i work with um see what the shop's doing that's the one to check out um yeah, my personal one doesn't matter, and I probably will lose a good couple hundred followers after this. Totally fine. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. I really don't freaking care. At this I point. think I would like to make, like, a something like, you know, just just piercings from the shop kind of thing, so I can actually use my Instagram for my personal life again. That's, it's, it's It helps a lot, honestly. It made a huge sure. difference in my personal life. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to, because every time I post anything about... Hey, I'm at a really nice restaurant or I'm at a wrestling show. I just see my followers like, Beep. Yeah, no, it makes dates with my girlfriend way easier. Yeah. And less fighting. <laughs> Being on the phone. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Well, let's stop talking about this and go back out into the real world. All right. All right. Thanks for talking to me, Brian. I appreciate it. Um, a couple things that like have popped up recently over the last few weeks, and I don't know if it's going to be a trend or not, but I'm, I'm noticing that some piercers, you know, really experienced, well-known piercers are just leaving Facebook, you know? 
Uh, I, I'm going to interview in a couple days uh, Aaron Solomon from the, the Portland, Oregon area, and, and he's leaving Facebook, and it's just because it's, it's, it's too much, you know? It's toxic, and um, when you start to intertwine your life with your career and you have no separation at all, it's not super fun, you know? So nothing wrong with using the internet and making money off of it and, and reaching out to clients and reaching out to your industry and, and getting whatever information you can. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But don't forget that the people on the other side of that screen are people, you know, don't be an asshole. And, you know, maybe, you know, put up a put up a barrier between your personal life and your professional life. I, I really like it when body piercers have, you know, their uh, their personal account and then their business account and they keep them really separate. And I, I think that's great. It, it can be a lot healthier. Mine is all just mishmashed and commingled in there and it's not great for me. But at this point, it's like, man, I've doubled down. I've got, you know, however many thousands of followers out there and it'd be really tough to break something off. You know, I've got all this personal stuff mixed in with all the work stuff and Whatever, I hate the goddamn internet. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening to my uh, bullshit show on the internet. And um, like my Facebook page and Instagram page and all that. And internet, validate me and make me feel like I'm a, I'm a pretty, pretty, pretty person. Um, and just love me, basically. Anyway, uh, I'm going to be back with another episode next week. And we'll kind of keep this train going until I run it off the rails. Thanks for listening to 100 episodes of the Piercing Wizard podcast. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved. <laughs>